0: Illinois' offensive state rep, Kelly Cassidy, hits new ethical low. If you ever doubted that we wrestle against spiritual forces of evil who call good evil and evil good, then please go to this article online and watch two videos of brief statements made on the floor of the Illinois House on Wednesday. First, watch the video of one of Illinois' finest lawmakers, the always gracious Tom Morrison, who civilly expressed his views on transcultic assumptions, which are eradicating public recognition of sex differences, including in women's private spaces and sports. After that, watch the video of Illinois' worst lawmaker, the sanctimonious, arrogant, and venomous lesbian Kelly Cassidy, who, in response to Morrison, hurled indefensible lies at him. I urge you to watch these videos because how each House member spoke is almost as important as what they said. But for your convenience, the transcripts—the entire transcripts—of both statements are set forth in the article, beginning with Representative Morrison's. Please read it carefully so you're able to discern whether Cassidy's response was justifiable quote Morrison. For these past several weeks, we've been hearing facts about Women's History Month, and I'm sure that we'll hear more facts today and this week. When we hear those words, we think about our own mothers, wives, daughters, and other notable women throughout history. We objectively know what a woman is, but it's becoming increasingly common now to pretend that we don't. This is becoming George Orwell's 1984. It's newspeak. It's gaslighting. It's activists pounding the table to declare that 2 plus 2 equals 5, and that does not make it so. Demands that society accept lies as facts in the name of tolerance, inclusion, and justice is anything but. It's not right, compassionate, or just. This past weekend, the NCAA allowed a man to become a national champion in women's swimming, This action was months and years in the making, and it denied that rightful place of honor to actual female athletes, several of whom were denied being named All-Americans because their place was taken by University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas. Anyone who thinks that fairness in sports competition is the only issue here is missing the point. Months ago, teammates of Leah Thomas complained to school officials that Thomas had exposed male nudity repeatedly in their locker room. This should have been a clear-cut case of indecency and harassment, but university officials ignored the women's concerns and discomfort. Listen to the women! In this case, hardly. Parents in Los Alamitos, California, last month, sent their fifth-grade girls on a three-day overnight school field trip. After the weekend concluded, The girls told their parents that three male counselors who identify as non-binary shared those cabin quarters with the girls for each of the nights. Schools in Illinois already have similar policies, and most parents don't even know, nor will they be told by school officials lest they be accused of discrimination. In several states, including California, Washington State, and even here in Illinois, Hundreds of male inmates, many of whom are serving time for sexual crimes or other crimes of violence, are self-declaring as female or non-binary, and they're getting a transfer to a women's-only facility. There's no requirement for surgery, no requirement for hormone therapy. Even if that did make the policy less bad, any sane person realizes how outrageous this is, but the practice continues and is expanding as more individuals realize what they can get away with. According to a press report, President Joe Biden is now reportedly planning, or considering, I should say, an executive order modeled after the California law, which would allow federal inmates to self-identify their gender and choose between a male or female prison. Ideas Have Consequences It is a minority of vocal activists who continue to push this ideology on all levels of society, including to young schoolchildren. It's an ideology that is at war with reality, and we must stop blindly going along. We can and should be kind to individuals who suffer from gender dysphoria, but we can do so without completely and irrationally upending society, which is already happening at lightning speed. If we really believe in the protection of women and women's rights, we must acknowledge the harms being done and bring a stop to this, including the silence and passive acceptance about what's really going on. I imagine that here, in this body, and perhaps beyond this chamber, there will be some who will try to condemn me and my words, but I'd like to close with these words by columnist Selwyn Duke. The further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those that speak it. Thank you. End quote. Now, listen to Cassidy's statement. I'll try to recreate her tone. Quote, last week, my constituent, Elise Mallory, was pulled out of Lake Michigan. Elise was a shining example of what we want people to do and be in our community. She was a part of our community on the north side. She was dedicated to uplifting the people that she lived and worked with every day. She is one of too many black trans women whose lives mean nothing to the man on the other side of this room. She is one of many transgendered youth who are at increased risk of suicide because of the actions of people like the man that just spoke. We are watching around the country as right-wing politicians take aim at trans youth and their families picking on the least of these. I've watched for years as my colleague has tormented trans youth in his community, and the brave young woman who stood up to that behavior is now my constituent as well. To every trans youth out there listening, to every parent who loves and affirms their children as God gave them to them, that's not happening here in Illinois. We will not follow in the footsteps of states that are tormenting these families and driving them away. We will embrace our youth, we will protect our youth, and we will work together to solve the epidemic of murders and suicides among trans women in our community, because we actually love and care for people as God made them. I don't want to hear any more hate speech on this floor, not from anyone. And if we can only do one thing to honor Elise Mallory's memory, it's to do that. Hate speech does not belong on this floor, not now, not ever. End quote. For those who don't know, Elise Mallory was a 31-year-old man who identified as a woman. He was not, as Cassidy implied, a youth. That doesn't make his death less tragic. Rather, Cassidy's misleading rhetoric reveals just how manipulative Cassidy is. To summarize, Morrison believes it is unjust for women to lose awards and records to biological men. He believes it is unjust for adult men to room with young girls. And he believes it is unjust for women prisoners to be housed with biological men. So, too, do feminists from the other side of the political aisle, including the Women's Liberation Front, Naomi Wolf, Kara Dansky, the Women's Declaration International, and J.K. Rowling. In Cassidy's view, are all these left-leaning feminists, including many lesbians, guilty of hate speech for expressing their belief that sex-based rights exist and that denial of them is unjust? Does defending the sex-based rights of girls and women constitute tormenting gender dysphoric boys in Cassidy's distorted view? I have seen and heard a lot of repugnant things spewed by the unscrupulous demagogue Cassidy, but nothing as repugnant as her exploitation of a tragic death to smear one of Illinois' finest public servants. In her vitriolic diatribe, she trembles with unrighteous rage and obvious hatred as she falsely accuses Morrison of not caring about the death of a black trans youth. What is her evidence for this ugly allegation? What evidence did Cassidy provide for her malignant claim that Morrison doesn't care about the deaths of trans-identifying youth or that his words about the reality and meaning of objective, immutable biological sex causes the suicide of trans-identifying youth? What's Cassidy's evidence that Morrison hates and torments trans people? What is her evidence that God made gender dysphoria? Did God make minor attraction? Zophilia? Genetic sexual attraction? Did God make body dysmorphia? Did God make schizophrenia? Did God make cleft palate or spina bifida? Or does God make humans in a world corrupted by the fall that results in disordered bodies, minds, and hearts? What is Cassidy's evidence that Morrison and all the millions of men and women who share his beliefs on gender dysphoria hates those who identify as trans? Does Cassidy hate everyone who believes differently than she does on gender, sex, and sexual orientation? If so, then she must hate a huge swath of people, including many Catholics, Protestants, Eastern Orthodox, Orthodox Jews, and Muslims. In Cassidy's view, does loving and caring for others just the way God made them? Does caring for and loving pedophiles or hebephiles require affirming their feelings and identities? Is Cassidy aware that many in the medical and mental health communities believe that gender dysphoria and trans identification may be a symptom, like depression and anxiety, of underlying causes including autism, trauma, abuse, and psychosocial experiences? Is she aware that hospitals in Sweden and the UK have stopped providing hormonal treatment to minors? Are they hateful? Should they be prohibited from speaking? While children and teens with gender dysphoria need compassion and treatment, the unresolved question is what kind of treatment is best. Disagreeing with Cassidy on the best path forward does not constitute hatred of gender dysphoric youth. Cassidy concludes with an astonishing display of arrogance. Cassidy arrogates to herself the right to define hate speech and then arrogates to herself the right to ban it from the house floor. Unbelievable hubris. Word to Cassidy Christians think her assumptions about gender, sex, and sexual orientation are false and destructive. Many Christians feel uncomfortable and even marginalized by what they view as her hate speech and her attempts to silence dissent. They find her words as intolerant and bigoted as she finds the words of Representative Morrison. Why did no Republicans respond to Cassidy's intemperate, uncivil, intolerant, indefensible screed? Are there no Republicans with the integrity and courage to stand publicly with Morrison on this issue of profound importance? Are there no Republicans willing to call for Cassidy to be censured? Republicans who sat by silently should be ashamed."